1: Found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Tuesday edition of primetime action here on VSIN. It is Matt Brown. It is Adam Burke on the desk with me. It is Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. We have a great show. We'll talk to Drew Densick. We will see. Just how rich he got on that Rams win this past week, he was in a very big, big spot with the Rams. So I know he is going to be happy when we talk to him. We'll see how these Olympic bets are also panning out. He's for got him. one
0: more for tonight, Matt. We'll, as, while we're on the air, so we can track it too. Is it a is it a bobsled? No, bet? it's a skiing. It's a skiing event. Oh, okay. right. and I and I know Adam Burke has an Olympics bet too, but we'll get to that. Uh,
2: we uh we're, we'll talk to Kai McKeon as well. A three man weave. Talk some college basketball with him, or more, I should say. That Adam will talk to him about college basketball. But yes, we will talk to him as well. But while we get started here, Adam, we do, uh, we got some tip offs coming.
3: Yeah, we got some tip offs coming up tonight. We take a look first in the association. And of course, keep in mind here, too, Friday, the All Star break begins. So teams kind of playing their last games before going into the break and all of that here uh, over the next three days. Boston and Philadelphia gets us underway tonight with a battle out there in the Eastern Conference. Celtics minus two, total 209, 209 and a half for this one out there in the marketplace. Total has come down a little bit. In that matchup, Dallas and Miami, the Heat, five and a half point home favorite, total 210 and a half, pretty much painted across the market for that one. Cleveland Cavaliers, the very impressive this season Cleveland Cavaliers, they are a two and a half point dog down in Atlanta, total 222 for that matchup. It's a 440 or so Pacific tip off. As we head to the eight o'clock Eastern time games here, Indiana and Milwaukee, this line's pushed all the way out to 14.5 now with the Bucks favored coming off of last night's debacle against Portland. Uh, that's total is 237.5 for that one. Memphis and New Orleans tonight. Memphis laying five on the road in the Big Easy, total 228 in that matchup. Charlotte, Minnesota, the Timberwolves, six point home favorites in this one, 244 the total for that game. Clippers and Phoenix, the Suns laying a 13 spot tonight, 221 and a half the total for that 10 o'clock Pacific game. Uh, As far as the NHL slate goes for tonight, pretty big board, actually, and quite a few games getting underway here in a couple of minutes' time. St. Louis and Ottawa, the Blues, laying a big number, minus 220 up there north of the border, total six for that one. Islanders also laying a big price tonight, but that's in Buffalo, laying $1.90 with a total of five and a half. Tampa Bay and New Jersey, another big favorite on the board with the Lightning, laying about $3 in that one, total of six. And then Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, Battle of Pennsylvania, once again, another big favorite role on the ice. Pittsburgh over a $3 favorite, total in that one, 6. Boston and the Rangers also get underway at 7. Uh, in that game right there, you've got the Rangers laying $1.40, total 5.5. Washington-Nashville starts at 8, and then we've got some late games that we'll get to throughout the show here. What about, uh, what are you betting on tonight? Got something in your account. Yeah, I got a few things tonight. I, I took the Bucks minus 12 and a half in that game against the Pacers. And as I said, that line now out to 14 and a half. No Giannis last night. He should be fresh coming back tonight. Chris Middleton was three of 15 in that game last night for the Bucks. They gave up 71 first half points, but they played much better defensively in the second half. I figure tonight they'll take advantage of what should be an easy win here over the Pacers got a couple of plays in college hoops tonight as well Minnesota's getting 13 against Ohio State Buckeyes off of a blowout win against Michigan probably a little bit of a letdown factor coming tonight also Ohio State beat Minnesota by 11 earlier this season they had 1.333 points per possession in that game it was their second best offensive performance of the year still only won that one by 11 they're laying 13 tonight wouldn't expect the same caliber of offense in that game for the Buckeyes UC Irvine minus five and a half out West against UC San Diego is the other one for me. Irvine's just starting to figure it out. They're usually the class of the big West. They've won five in a row. Opponents are only shooting 24.5% from three against them in conference play. It's like UC Irvine tonight laying that five and a half and then the Olympic play which starts 1110 Eastern time, eight o'clock Pacific out here, USA and Slovakia over five and a half. Uh, the Slovaks are playing really well offensively in this tournament. They've got two projected top 10 picks in the NHL draft and Simon Nemix, Nimitz, excuse me, and Uri Slavkovsky. Those are two names that you want to remember if you are a hockey fan. Names I'm sure Andy McNeil knows about. And the U.S. team just very, very fast, very, very skilled. So, I wrote a preview of this game over at vston.com if anyone wants to check it out. But over five and a half tonight, USA Slovakia on the ice.
0: Matt, where do you have those guys on your big board
2: for the NHL draft? I can tell you one thing, though. I won my NHL bet last night. Yeah, you did. Easy. I I am now in the black on the season. In the NHL, I might not make another bet unless Andy McNeil tells me that I can bet against the Kraken in a very good spot. What was that
0: final? Six to two? Yes. Is that what I saw? Not even a sweat. Not even a sweat. Su- I could have bet sweat. the alt puck line. Yeah, it was three to one by the <laughs> you time could've. you noticed what the score was.
2: I could have bet the alt puck line and won this thing. So. <laughs> he forgot
0: that he'd even bet on it until he told yeah. me it was three to one. Yeah, until I told him it was three to one. Yeah. I could have had the minus
2: two and a half and I would have still cashed this thing. So anytime that I can bet a puck line against the Kraken, it's a good day, get that bet home. Plus one ten on that one. Gets me back into the black on the season in hockey so maybe I'll just maybe I'll just wrap it up right there. I mean you know sometimes if it's not if it's not your sport of choice and uh, you know you, you get happen to get into the uh, in the black maybe it's time for me
0: to just hang it up. Hang up my skates. There it's, you go. It's a winning season. You might as well. Over the NBA, just a couple injury nodes yeah. here. No, no bets for me tonight. I love this card. I'm really interested in watching some of these games. So no bets. I couldn't get there really on anything. The that Bucks line did move. Malcolm Brogdon will not play for the Pacers tonight. Um, I cannot knock that bet Adam made. This is a this is the time of year when you got to start looking at teams that are mailing it in. They, they, there's not going to be much effort as far as what they put out on the court. Uh, we like we always say we, when it comes to tanking, it's never the effort of the players on the court, but who actually is out there is a different story malcolm brogdon will be out no Duarte tonight obviously miles turner has been out uh so these the, the pacers are going to be very short-handed tonight against the uh bucks on the Bucks side of things no george hill no wesley matthews pat conditon obviously he uh just got hurt will be out for about a month we saw that come down. Um, Let's see here. This Memphis and New Orleans line is on the move, and that's because John Morant has just been announced that he will be out for tonight's game against the Pelicans. Uh, So if you wanted to run and grab, try to grab five really quick with the Pelicans go now because that line is crashing. (laughs) Um, Let's see on the Mavericks and heat side of things. looks like Jimmy Butler will be a go. He was questionable all day today, upgraded to probable about two hours ago. Uh, Hero out tonight on the Miami side of things. Keep in mind, Dallas really just starting to work in some of these new players. Spencer Dinwiddie and Davisa Bertans will go tonight, but they will uh, be playing their first games for the Dallas Mavericks. Reggie Bullock out for them. Trey Burke out for them tonight. Uh, it's a high spread, but it's a tough spot there in Miami tonight. I was staying away, uh, but was looking pretty closely at that one, let's see. That's about it for major injuries here in the early games. The John Morant news I was waiting to hear on might be a prop play coming for me for Desmond Bain tonight, I have a feeling.
2: Oh, really? Yep. i have to break that you down. You'll have to check out what the lines are and yeah, yeah, what the numbers are. Yeah, i to check that are. out on the break, yeah. So, yesterday's action after we got off the air, guys, you do have, uh, you know, the Nuggets take care of business against the Magic. They win by... 10, Jokic goes 26, 15, and 7 in that one after they kind of struggled a little bit early, in, or earlier in that game, but were able to, to uh, go ahead and, and get that one done. And then the Jazz win by 34 over the Rockets. a Mitchell goes for 36 rebounds, 7 assists. But then late, this was the one that uh, really kind of I wanted to ask you guys about. Warriors lose by 15 to the Clippers. You still have Steph go for 33 in the game, and they lose by 15 to the Clippers. Kelly, I'll, I'll I'll start with you. I mean, listen, Clay, three of 14 from the field, one of five from downtown. He played 27 minutes. He only finishes with seven points. I know we think – I guess here's my question to you. Is this Warriors team really as good as we think – They are. Is is this – I mean, you get what you need out of Curry. Yeah. And you still get beat by 15 against the Clippers. I'm just wondering if we are maybe just, you know, overvaluing this, the thought of – Clay and Steph and Draymond, as opposed to like what we're actually seeing on the court.
0: Right, I'm, I'm going to get back to your, to your question, but first I will say this Clippers team is one of those teams that I've f- like fallen in love with, the, with this season of the guys. Mm. We've talked about it a few times, Matt, Right? where these, these teams that have these young talents and the star player misses significant time, and we see these guys get significantly better. Think Tyrese Maxey in Philadelphia this year. There's so many guys on this Clippers team that have seen minutes that normally wouldn't see the minutes that they're seeing and are getting way better as the season goes on. Uh, Terrence Mann, obviously, we were talking about last night. Uh, Luke Kennard we've seen all season long, even though he didn't play last night. But – they
2: bring in a 3 and D guy like Bob Covington who yeah. ends up playing 27 minutes last night. Now, he doesn't light up the scoreboard, but he scores 11, 2 of 4 from downtown, so he shoots 50% from 3, and you know when he was out there, he was playing defense.
0: Yep, that's right. Yeah, totally. I, I think that, Matt, when we're talking long-term on the Warriors, I think it's un- – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in the same – Sentence is what I've talked about the Jazz the past month. It's hard to judge this team I think without Draymond Green on the court, just like it's unfair to judge the Jazz without Rudy Gobert on the court. Mm -hmm. When you know they're going to be back, so much of we've seen Draymond over the past two seasons really turn into that guy who facilitates the offense. Plus, he's up there on the Defensive Player of the Year, uh, you know, uh, odds list this year. I think what this guy brings to the table, it's one of those it might not show everywhere in a box score, but he brings a lot to the table for this team. So. I I hear you. They're not a team that I'm I'm very high on. Like we talked about last week on the show. Yeah. I think it's mainly the Suns in the West, and that's about I, it. I think it's more the price that I don't like, right? Like four and a half to win it all
2: yes. for this team is again for me just I, I, I'm I'm having a tough time getting there.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I mean, look, they're only twelfth in offensive rating in the mm. NBA. And look, the one thing I will say though about the regular season, and, and you guys know this as well as mm. I do. Just the ebbs and flows, the peaks and valleys. I mean, they won nine in a row, and now they've lost three out of four. You know, sometimes teams just know when to turn it on, when they can turn it off and all of that, and especially, you know, heading into the all-star break. I think the question for me is, what do they do on Wednesday night at home against Denver? You know, do they bounce back? Do they play well, try and get that last good performance before they have eight days off because of the all-star break, or do they end up kind of faltering again, lose four out of five, kind of limp into the break? You know, that's kind of what I'm interested in seeing out of them.
2: Let's take a look at the Eastern Conference on the other side here. Some yes-no playoff odds as well. And I want to get y'all's thoughts on Ben Simmons. We heard from him finally, what he has to say about this. A little bit of injury news coming out of the NFL as well, which is good for our Bengals fans fans out there. This is Primetime Action here on VC.
1: Primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: We're back on Primetime Action here. Matt Brown, Adam Burke, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass back there. If you guys didn't hear in the first segment, I won my hockey bet last night. Just was wondering if you, you know, bet against the Kraken, betting against the Kraken, getting it done. Uh, Adam, we do have a. Uh, marquee college game going here uh, before the five o'clock hour.
3: Yeah, we got a couple of marquee college games coming up one at five Pacific, one at six Pacific. A uh, top 10 battle in this one from the Big East. Villanova and Providence I know our audio guy behind the glass Sean McCollum over there he's got a piece of this one Villanova a four point road favorite total 132 in this one Sean on Providence getting the points at home there in that one Ed Cooley doing a phenomenal job with that Providence Friars team the other game I might as well just mention here real quick Kentucky and Tennessee down in Knoxville Kentucky number four team in the country, Tennessee number 16. This one tips off, as I said, uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time for this matchup. Tennessee one-and-a-half point home favorite in this game, total of 140. So a couple of top 25 battles we'll be keeping an eye on here during the show.
2: So we did finally hear from Ben Simmons today. Ben Simmons is hopeful to make it back soon, and it looks as if he is targeting – he says he doesn't have a date yet for his Nets debut, but he said that he is, quote, starting to ramp it up to get into playing shape and hopes to be ready to play by March 10th. Oh, what happens on March the 10th? That is when Brooklyn plays the 76ers. So he has eyed the date of his former team as when he wants to come back at I mean, listen, again, this is, I, I am very, 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 very aware of the pressures and the stresses that go along with not only being, you know, being an athlete, but, you know, being in the limelight just in general in any, any way, shape, or form. I understand that there are times when people can't take what's going on. I understand that your mind can be evil to, to you at some, at some points. It seems like, though, with Ben Simmons that that was – not incredibly, not as authentic as he led it to believe. To where it's kind of like, oh, okay, I got traded, so now I'm good to go here in a couple of weeks. You know, this is it. it just it it leaves a little. It leaves me a little bit, a little bit miffed at this situation. Where it's kind of like, hey, look, if you just had a, con- if you didn't like what your situation was there, if you didn't like the people, if you didn't like your teammates, if you didn't like whatever, I'm fine with that. But taking this to a level where it was the excuse was the the that he was having mental trouble and stuff like that for people out there who really and truly struggle with, with mental problems who really and truly have a day in and day out battle and stuff like that. This is leaving a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth with what's going on with him.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to think about it. I am extremely yeah. sensitive to mental issues. It's something that I I've talked, you know, I've talked about a lot, something in my previous jobs, I, when I had kind of a platform, mm-hmm. something that I discussed, you know, with listeners very openly and, To me, you know, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. don't really know what the whole situation was with Ben Simmons and how he fit in there with Philadelphia and all of that. But I do think to kind of look at this from a different angle, something that's pretty interesting here. So the Nets last night, you know, pretty good performance against a bad Kings team, Mm -hmm. but they needed that. You know, they had lost 11 in a row. They needed something positive to feel, you know, some positive vibes kind of. And that was something that they talked about a lot in the postgame where Bruce Brown even said, you know. We were in Miami, we had a team-building event, then the trade deadline happened, and now we all just kind of feel better about everything. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me like getting rid of James Harden is addition by subtraction for this Nets team. And maybe now they will be in a position where they can be a little bit more welcoming, a little bit more open to Ben Simmons coming in. Maybe the Nets all of a sudden are kind of a team to watch very, very closely there in the Eastern Conference. So, Kelly, things go awry in Houston. They go awry
2: in Brooklyn. He ends up in Philadelphia. You jump all over it instantly.
0: Yeah. Are you not worried that maybe James Harden is the problem? I mean, a little bit, but I also think this is where it didn't he even say it in the press conference today, where this is where he wanted to be originally. So I don't know. Maybe I'm going to give him kind of an excuse on the Brooklyn mail-in uh, job, I guess, that he's been doing this year. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think the guy is incredibly talented. The, I, what I'm most scared of, Matt, is he really, has he really just been slacking this season or is it? Or is the career of, arc yes, starting to? Exactly. Yes, now, what's sad is if you actually go still look at his stats you, for this year, you'd be like, "Oh, he's still a, a top twenty mm. player in the league. Like, it's twenty two points. I think he's over over ten assists a game. Rebounds are like at six or something like that. Still having a he's still having a good year." Um, yeah, I love this team long term. Um, you know, I don't think I'm betting yes minus ten thousand for them to make the playoffs. But yeah, they, uh I, I think this team is. I we've talked about. It. I think it's the Suns, maybe the Warriors in the West, but they're. There are four, at least four solid teams in the East to me, and you could maybe tack on five or six and if you bring up the Bulls and Celtics.
2: Well, while we're on the NBA, we can talk some NFL at the top of the next segment. Um, wh- while we're talking some NBA, these are the odds to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. If we look right now, the Heat are minus 20,000 to make the playoffs. If you wanted to go against them, it would be 40 to one for you. Bulls were off the board for whatever reason the Cavs -5000 to make the playoffs 16 to 1 on the no Sixers -10000 Bucks -10000 20 to 1 on the no if you wanted them. Now it gets into maybe some bettable numbers depending on where you get, you know, what what your side is here. Celtics -1200 on the yes, +650 on the no. The Raptors -320 on the yes, +240 on the no. The Nets are off the board. That one's going to be pretty interesting to take a look at when that does get reposted. That Hornets, one you can
0: understand with all the guys yes. they've had they have out injury questions. When has Ben Simmons come back? I get that one being yeah. off the
2: board. Um Hornets plus 350 on the yes, minus 550 on the no. Hawks plus 190 on the yes, minus 255. On the no, Adam, I mean, obviously you're not betting uh, 20,000 to win 100 and you're not betting 10,000 to win 100. So let's just wipe all those off. But any of these other bets, either on the no side of things or some of the yeses as we get a little bit lower, kind of catch your attention.
3: So just to clarify here, and I don't really see anything necessarily on the page over at DraftKings. This means like to advance from the play-in tournament, correct?
0: Correct. Yes, yeah, so the final so, eight playoff right. field. That, that is how it is defined now to make the playoffs as if you're in that final eight teams. Okay. So, but v- very good point, Adam. We should bring that up
3: for sure. Yeah, some. I mean, you know, it's always important when you've got some kind of vague language to, to clarify yep. you know, what's happening with all that. Look, I, I would say one that, that kind of looks interesting to me would be the Hawks at plus 190. You know, If they get into a play-in tournament, Trey Young might end up being the best player in that whole thing for any of the teams in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, when you've got something like that, because I figure the Nets do move up. I think they get above that cut line or at least have the chance to maybe knock the Celtics back down, something like that. You know, I think when you've got a guy like Trey Young that can simply take over a game, uh, the Hawks at plus 190 does make a bit of sense to me. But other than that, like you said, I mean, you're laying some significant prices there.
2: So, guys, if we take a look here at this Bulls team, and, Kelly, I'm curious as to – you know, we, we thought maybe they were a year away, and now here they are sitting in the two slot right now. DeMar DeRozan playing just out of his mind. Uh, his last seven games, I should uh, I should bring up because it is it's something just it's it's historic, un- unbelievable. I guess it's the last six games, right? Yeah, last uh, six games. You have thirty five um, plus points. So he has 40-38 38. 35, 36, 38, and 45 points, all while shooting at least 50% from the floor, scoring that many points. Also, he's only hit three threes during the course of that run as well. So all of those points are coming from inside the arc. The only other person to have that many points while shooting at least fifty percent for a stretch of games that long, Wilt Chamberlain.
0: Man, yeah. There I mean, are two
2: guys in history, Demar Derozan and Wilt Chamberlain, who have at least thirty-five points
0: on fifty percent shooting for six straight games. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty wild. It's pretty. I mean, what, what they've been doing, it, it's. Uh, I mean, especially what he's been doing. We we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Analytics are out there now with, with the NBA. Every team is following the. Okay, we're going to score points at the rim or we're going to score behind the line. Here's the thing, defenses have adjusted over the past couple years. So that's why you're seeing a rise in success in the mid-range this year. That's why we're, I mean that's why a guy like DeMar DeRozan is dominating this year because you have defenses that are getting are stretching out so much to cover that three-point line and he's able to maneuver into that in that mid-range and score. And it's it's very impressive. the I'll other say, thing is I like that he's not even trying the threes. Not it's like try- so it's like yeah, it's like it's like it's
2: we screamed Last year, about like Giannis, and like where it seemed like he was forcing threes because everyone kept talking about, oh, he can't shoot the three. He better shoot threes. And it's almost like we saw games, Kelly, we were screaming at the television where he was like, he had made up his mind on that possession. He was shooting a three no matter what. Like, DeRozan, last game, last night, he had 40 points. He didn't even try one. He
3: literally didn't even shoot a three pointer in the game. No, it's insane the run that he's on. But I will ask you guys this I mean, look, the Bulls are 11th in the NBA in net rating right now. By Pythagorean win loss, they've overachieved by four games. Is this pace sustainable, or do you see them kind of falling back down the Eastern Conference a little bit?
0: I mean, here's the thing I think they've got a great win, healthy. They're li- this is what I've said all year. Their starting lineup is, is, is great. I don't, just what are they bringing off the bench? And that's really going to, I think it's going to affect them when they get into these deeper playoff runs. Um, I don't know. There's a team, if I had to take a shot on these yes no playoffs, like it, the only thing I'd be taking is looking at no's on Cleveland or Boston just for hopefully that they fall into that play-in tournament. You lose one or two games, you're out all of a sudden real quick.
2: Yeah, that's true because we should point out that, I mean, everything is so jumbled in the East right now that a three-game losing streak and you could find yourself like right on the, on the outside looking in. So there are a few, few different teams whenever it comes to that. We'll talk a little bit more about this on the other side. Also look at some college basketball as well. Primetime action here on BC.
1: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
2: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows. Download and listen on your own schedule. vison.com slash podcast. You can get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander. You can get Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VSon.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. So many places to get podcasts these days. There's the wide wide world of wine garden on the thing as well. You should definitely get that one. And there's um, of course, long shots as well. Our golf, our golf podcast.
3: Yeah. Long shots, new episode recorded today coming out tonight, I believe. And then also uh, they're doing the first strike, first look, and then also the regular first strike later in the week for UFC and MMA. So we've got all kinds of podcasts on there. Kelly, where's your podcast?
0: Um, I don't know. Bidlin and Brown birdies. Birdies does, with Bidlin Brown and Brown. Does Dan still.
2: Burke have a podcast? If he has a podcast and we don't have a podcast, then not, something's, something's wrong around here. Uh, there, the Bidlin, Burke, and Bidlin, Birdies with Bidlin, Burke, and Brown. Uh, he's going to be Danny. He, he'd have to be Danny again if we had him on the podcast. So I, I I don't know if I can deal with Dan Burke on our, on
0: yeah. our podcast. He'd have yeah. to be Danny.
2: Dan brings it strong. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about these, just real quick, finishing up on these Eastern Conference real numbers quick, here. Desmond
0: Ban, I'm in on over 20.5 points. All right, there you go.
2: Um, looking at these uh, these numbers again, though, because – I do want to point out, whenever we talk about those numbers and you kind of start saying, like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you could win or lose a couple of games and then be, be on the outside looking in? Like, if you have not looked at the standings lately, you might not realize where we are in the Eastern Conference. And it is incredibly, incredibly jumbled. I mean, we are talking about, yes, the Heat are up top. They are a whole half a game ahead of the Bulls, which are, and, and outside of the number one spot, the Cavs are two games out. Sixers two and a half, Bucks two and a half, Celtics four and a half, Raptors five and a half. You got the Nets sitting way down in the eighth spot, but they're still only seven games out of the top spot. Hornets eight and a half, Hawks ten and a half, Wizards ten and a half, and the Wizards, of course, are on the outside of that ten spot looking in. As we sit right now. So, Adam, I mean, any of these teams with any sort of run one way or the other, either a good run or a bad run, several wins in a row or several losses in a row, could find themselves either in a much more advantageous spot or a very, very, very bad spot in in literally the course of a week and a half.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and as I said in the first segment, we were talking about the Nets and and Ben Simmons and Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it seems like they have maybe a little bit more camaraderie, a little bit more chemistry with James Harden out of the picture. They will get Kevin Durant back. That law will change in New York where Kyrie Irving will be able to play his home games. You know, so like like Kelly mentioned, right, as we were going into the break, right? You know, if the Nets are going to move up above that cut line for the play-in tournament, get to at least the sixth seed or higher, somebody has to fall out. And so that means that, you know, you might run into a situation where maybe the Celtics end up in that play-in tournament, and you could bet them no plus 650 to make the playoffs. You know, the Raptors maybe look kind of a little bit vulnerable there at plus 240. If you think the Nets can make a push, and really, I think it's the only team below the cut line yeah. that I would expect to make a pretty substantial push. Yeah. You try to isolate which team may fall into that play-in tournament, and then, of course, if they have that chance to lose, and you're holding the big plus money ticket, it's not a bad bet to make.
2: Kelly, I think that there was, if there's one bet on that, I think it would be the six and a half on the no with the Celtics, strictly because of what we're talking about, right? I mean, you, know, you look, and yeah, I understand the strength of schedule's not all that tough, but it is of the teams up there, right? I think that it is one of the teams where you could pretty much look and say, "Yeah, Bucks." I understand hard hard schedule, but if not the top team in the whole conference, a top two team. So even they're with the tough schedule, out. right? Like they're not they're not falling off as long as Giannis doesn't get hurt. They're yes. not falling out. of So them. long as Harden is not. You know, a shell of himself. Like we're saying, the Sixers should only get better at this point, and so we're not worried about them necessarily all that much. The Heat, I think, are are there to stay as well. So then this goes to what we were talking about. You start to isolate these teams. Is it the Bulls? Is it the Cavs? Or is it the Celtics? Where we are, like, hmm. Now that could be the team that we'd be looking at, right? And I think you know the juicy sixteen to one on the Cavs, as you mentioned, it's is staring at me. That's staring at me. It's it's pretty juicy. Now they don't have an incredibly tough schedule. Twenty third remaining. That's They have by far exceeded expectations already. So do they regress at all to where we thought they were going to be over the course of the season? And if that's the case, like you said, all they have to do, (laughs) we keep looking here. The only thing separating them from where they sit right now and the Raptors who are down in the seven seed right now, It's three and a half games. So, I mean, that is the only separation between them and way down at the seven seed. And now you're talking about a little bit of a losing streak Capped on top of that, easily could find themselves outside of that, and then
3: in, inside that that play, you know, inside the play-in situation. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Cavs this year, they've had one losing streak of more than two games, and they lost five in a row. They played Boston, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Golden State, Brooklyn, and Phoenix. So, you know, obviously not teams that you're going to play every yeah. day. But this is a team that has run into really very little adversity. Yep. You know, for the most part, they've stayed pretty healthy overall. But they are a young team, and they are ahead of schedule to be sure. As the importance and the intensity of these games picks up, is that something that kind of right. trips them up a little bit? A young team that hasn't gone through this. You know, we're talking about a bunch of guys who are pretty much most of them recently out of college. Mm-hmm. They play thirty-five game schedules. Right now, they're playing eighty-two. You know, and, and as I don't want to you know, badmouth my Cavs, it's great to see Cleveland's team say, doing. You're in- who talking about perspective. Perspective. Right, you're, from a betting perspective, right? From a betting standpoint, yeah. you could certainly make a case. For them to fall, and that's why they're sixteen to one. While the other teams around them are twenty to one.
0: This is, we play the whole. If you had a hundred dollars, how would you bet it? Sort of thing. If that, it would be seventy-five on the on the no on the Celtics and twenty-five on the twenty-five yeah. bucks on the no on the Cavs. And I, I, I just, I mean, the yes prices. It, it, I mean, the yes prices on this whole graphic are unbettable right now. Mm-hmm. I, either they're way too, way too short of odds. You're just not worth betting on these right. teams that are pretty good. And Hornets and Hawks. I'm sorry, they, they are way too much still on that fringe. For me to be jumping at, I mean, plus one ninety on the Hawks is kind of egregious. And you, yeah. hey, I'm Captain Atlanta Hawks yeah. here. We know that, but that is, I mean, even with <laughs> the Wizards have the same record, right? Right behind them, right. And you're talking the 10th spot is the last chance to even get in the play-in tournament. So I'm not jumping at that. I think you would only look at no prices, uh, you know, in this market, and it would be, hey, now's the time of year, really, right now, to take a take one of these long shots. Because who there's still off. multiple months left in the season. These a couple of these teams that have exceeded expectations could easily quit very quickly. Go the other
2: way. I think on sixteen to one again. If we played this season out sixteen times, does one time do the Cavs not fall into the seven spot and then get beaten and not make it into the playoffs? I think that yes. I think that that's a I, of the bets on the board now that I really do think about it I think that's probably the one that stands out to me is one that's not not just that I would bet I think it's is actually kind of playable actually.
3: Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. And also too, look, I mean, if you're holding 16 to 1 and they're in like a 7-8 situation mm-hmm. something like that, you, you could always play back the other yeah. way if you wanted to as well. Yep. You know, and hedge that a little bit. And you know, also too. I mean, look, Dude, maybe the Nets don't get better as I think they will, or mm-hmm. maybe a team like the Celtics does fall below the cut line, and then all of a sudden the Cavs are playing them, you know, for their right. playoff lives. I mean, it's a difficult spot for a young team to be in.
2: Adam, let's look at these uh, college basketball futures here. You're a big college basketball guy, and just interested to hear your thoughts on on where we sit right now as far as these teams to win the whole thing. Look, they're the short shots here that are the obvious short shots. Gonzaga sitting at four to one. Arizona 8 to 1, Kentucky 8 to 1, Auburn 10, Purdue 10, Duke 13, Baylor 15, Kansas 15, everybody else 25 or longer. Um, I'm not going to say you shouldn't bet Kentucky now 8 to 1 if you like them. I will say they were 20 to 18 or something, 16, 18, 20, something like that, uh, just a couple of weeks ago before they really went on this kind of torrid run here that, that they're on. Um, what What, if any, of these
3: numbers kind of stands out to you? Yeah, there are a couple that kind of look decent to me. One of them is Villanova here at 30 to 1. I mean, Villanova is a team that's. Top 10 in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Bart Torvik, 27th in defensive efficiency. You know, they take really, really, really good care of the basketball. Colin Gillespie should be healthier once we get to the tournament. And that's just a Villanova team where I don't ever really want to bet against Jay Wright in the month of March. I mean, he's just really, really good with his teams when you get to that point in the season. And the other one, not to be a homer, not to make up for talking bad about the Cavs, but I mean, Ohio State is an elite offensive team, and they've been even better here of late. I know they've tripped up a little bit during that difficult Big Ten schedule where they are only 8-4, and four, but they're a top-10 offensive team in the country. They're a little bit better of a defensive team than their efficiency metrics would suggest. And also, too, you know, look, they're a team that their offense can travel. You know, you, you, we're not talking about a team that lives and dies by the three. We're not talking about a team that shoots a lot of mid-range jump shots, anything like that. Their offense can travel. Depending on the, you know, neutral sites that they're playing in, it shouldn't affect them too much. So at forty-five 45-1, I don't think that's a really bad price play on the Buckeyes. So Villanova and Ohio State would be the two for me right now. I tend to shy away, much like we talked about yesterday during the Futures discussion. I shy away from the short prices. Because you, you don't really have much hedging margin. You basically need them to win it all or at least get to the final four. So yeah. I like to take some teams that are kind of a little bit out there, 30, 40 to one range at this time of the year, hope that they get a good draw and can make a good run.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably the the way that I would be looking at it too, right? I mean, it's just there's, – there's still a – there's still enough time for things to kind of shift around a little bit here, so it would be good to have a 30 or 45, something like that ticket, and one of these teams really gets hot, really goes on a run. And like you said, now you've put yourself in a really advantageous position as far as uh, once they get into the tournament.
3: Right, that's one reason to shy away from mid-majors because the committee always you know, gives them a yes. bad draw and screws them over. That's a very good
2: bit of uh, betting advice right there. As well. On the other side here, we're going to talk to our buddy Drew Densick, see what we're on tonight. What mono bob, triple bob, quadruple bob, whatever it is. Primetime action here on BC.
3: CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever.
1: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VCN, the sports betting network.
2: VEASAN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April the 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdown on every single game. The deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. You see him here with us each and every week. We don't know where he's going to be. We don't know what the background is going to be. Could he be at the beach? Could he be in a fancy restaurant (laughs) sipping a a cocktail or maybe a a fancy glass of wine? We don't know. But he is here with us to talk not only what what he thought of the Super Bowl, but the Olympics as well. It is Drew Denson. You can find him on the Twitter machine at whale underscore capper. Drew, thanks for joining us, buddy.
1: Oh, thank you guys for having me, Uh, and uh, yeah, we get to get into the weeds, man. Super Bowl's over; it's time to dig into the uh, the alternative sports. Uh, In the draft, in the draft. Not not even joke. Not even joking. I'm sweating a, a women's super league volleyball match in Brazil right now. Uh Fluminescence <laughs> uh, against Oscasco, women's volleyball fifth set. They only played a 15 in the fifth set, um, but uh, huge, huge up uh, underdogs here uh, with the chance to put away the win. Uh, it would snack a, a snap a six straight six uh, game losing streak against their opponent here. And uh, yeah, this is what, uh, this is where the sports betting world has taken us now that we have no uh, NFL to bet on.
0: <laughs> Matt, you got to, you got to trust your super league volleyball guy. You know that. Yes. You, got you got it. Got you it. Got your got it. mono <laughs> Bob guy let you down. Your mono Bob guy let you down. Oh I mean, we took the oh mono Bob,
1: right? Gracious. Did,
2: didn't, didn't, yeah. US, didn't the U S would take the mono Bob.
1: Yes. Yes. U.S. not, not just, uh, took the, but dot, but dominated, um, one, two in that one probably could have gone one, two, three realistically. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall the, uh, the, um, metal counts totals are kind of going sideways on me after a really, really solid start USA, um, pulled up, Two uh, complete surprise gold medals in the snowboard cross event. I'm not sure if you caught any of that live, but that's the one where four competitors all start together and go down the course, and only the top two advance, top two advance, and then final. Uh, heat uh, first across the line wins. Uh, I had us projected for 0.1 medals in the snowboard cross. We won Uh (laughs) two, So that one, uh, that was quite the surprise. And uh, it was all, and I don't know if you saw, but the, the athletes were a 40 year old and a, and a 36 year old unit us athletes that uh, first competed in the 2006 games. And here they are coming full circle, winning gold in 2022. So absolutely wild stuff.
2: So with the U S sitting at seven golds right now, you have the nine, under nine and a half. Is this a, yeah. is this a sweat or is this a, you feel like you're, you're, no. you're in a bad spot
1: situation? This is, this is a big time sweat. Okay. Um, there are no events where we are favored to win gold. Okay. between Now in the end of the Olympics, we're kind of coming down to the business end of this tournament. Um, we had, we have, we uh, avoided some strays yesterday. There were potentially a couple of stray straight bullets that could have caught us yesterday. <laughs> we dodged those. Um, and in fact, we're in pretty good, uh, good position right now to try to shoot for the middle a little bit, because really the only way that this goes sideways is if the women's hockey win gold and uh, women's hockey is going off against Canada. Canada tomorrow, and USA are dogs. Uh, so there's a the potential that that's our our eighth and final gold medal of the Olympics on Team USA women's hockey. They, have, of course, met, very memorably defeated Canada for gold in Pyeongchang in 2018 in a shootout. Uh, same goalkeeper, a lot of the same athletes uh, competing. A lot of uh, you know a, a lot of memories. And uh, if you caught any of the final match between these two in the round robin stage. Team USA outshot Canada, something like 53 to 27 uh, in terms of shots on goal. They just didn't quite get the bounces they needed to get the win in that one, but it didn't matter because both were clearly through to the medal round. Um, So I think, uh, you know, realistically uh, USA is a live dog tomorrow night. I think taking them at plus money to win the gold uh, covers you a little bit uh, in the case that you're like me and you're sweating out USA under nine and a half.
2: Uh, Drew real quick because we do have uh, the tip off here in about 10 minutes. You are sure. on you are on a bet tonight, correct? You're on the hornets?
1: Yeah, it was a tough guard tonight. The uh, rest advantage was in favor of uh, Memphis, although Ja Morant was questionable all day, will not go. Um, so that number has plummeted down to three and a half. And then uh, rest advantage for Phoenix, but they're 13 point favorites. That's an awful lot of chalk to lay, and it's going to come down to fourth quarter reserve performance to get that one home. So I skipped that one. Uh, where I did go was the Charlotte Hornets, who are taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a number that opened about seven. I got Involved at six and a half. Uh, it's down to six at most places. Although some of the market leaders are at five and a half. There, there's really not a huge difference in my numbers right now in terms of the the team strength and uh, and expected expected performance here from Charlotte and Minnesota. Um, just an astronomically high total. We're looking at 244. Um, and uh, realistically, I'm projecting this to be a four and a half point game. So I took the six and a half points with the Hornets, expecting them to um, to be completely in. This one. Um, there's not a lot of advantages for either team defensively. This is going to be just team with the ball last wins kind of a deal, as far as I can tell you. So uh, don't mind having the dog in that kind of a situation.
3: Drew, I want to ask you about handicapping here prior to the NBA All Star break. There's 11 games on the slate for Wednesday night, five games on the card for Thursday night. Do you change your strategy? Do you change your handicapping style at all? Maybe wondering if some of these teams completely no show prior to the break? Oh, if
1: as someone who's betting NBA day to day by day, you 1 million percent have to not just going into the all-star break, but coming out of the all-star break, it's basically a completely different handicap. And even beyond that, like you guys know in years past, and they've tried to change. They try to affect some change by uh, de-incentivizing tanking, or at least, you know, making it more random who lands in the, you know, at the top of the lottery. But um, you know, the, we have very clearly entered the time of the season where many of these teams are looking to 2022 and beyond uh, evaluating their, their players that are down roster. um, And you're starting to see some results that are not indicative of true team strength, some blowouts, some, some effort, some huge effort, question marks. I think the fact that the all-Star break is a week later this year has given us about a week and a half of some really, really strange results in terms of just uh level of effort. And these guys needing a break right now. Um, it's been a grind of a season for all of these players, you know, going back to the seven, you know, the, uh, the full 82 game schedule with, uh, you know, lots and lots of back to backs. And, and then, you know, COVID, you know, COVID cancellations, compressing some of these team schedules, I think has really, really uh, affected team, team performance. And so um, um, you know, I, I, scale down my, my staking in general, as we get into this time of the year. And I would expect between now and when teams really start to kind of dress rehearsal for the playoffs, it's, it's not, it's, it's not going to be worthwhile uh, going, uh, you know, full stick. If everybody
2: wants to get, if anybody wants to get down on the Olympics tonight, I know you do have a bet and it is one that is going down today so that they will be able to enjoy this bet today. It is the men's freestyle skiing slope style. You like the favorite in this one. What makes him better than Burke rude and Nicholas Gulpepper and Alexander
1: Hall? I mean, what's (laughs) going on here? So uh, our Swiss, our Swiss fella is the reigning world champion. He won the world championships in Aspen last year. It was a stacked field. He was clearly the best. He backed that up by winning an X games, gold medal just one month ago, beating, defeating a lot of these same competitors in qualifying. He ski- skied the two highest runs only player to get 85 points or better. Uh, he had a, so he has a meaningful gap over the next best guy, which is Burke Rood, In my opinion, uh, I caught this one at plus plus one fifty this morning. It's down to plus 125, it looks like, at most places. Realistically, my price on this one is minus 120. The way that the slope style works, he gets three chances no. to land a clean run. And really, you just need him to stick run number one and then run two and run three. He can really try to bust out some of the tricks that only he is capable of doing. He, he is absolutely primed for this particular event, and he is skiing as well as he has skied uh, throughout the entire run up to this competition. So, Andre. Raggetli of Switzerland. There it is. Gold medal choice for the freestyle slopes. There it
2: is. If you have if you rest of country people out there, I'm looking at it. It is available on DraftKings right now. It is plus one twenty five if you do want Andre Ragetli. Uh Drew, we only we only have about forty five seconds, but uh you're you're quick and dirty from the Super Bowl. What'd you think?
1: Great game. Uh, ultimately, I thought it was a fair result. I thought uh, Sean McVay did a lot of things to really make that hard on the Rams, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the, but uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, in the run up, a lot of people ask, what's your final score? bubble well, I think 23 20 or a three point game for the Rams was what most pe- everybody who was uh, kind of uh, expecting that to land was, was about there. Um, and, you know, no, no, uh, no, no major takeaways other than, uh, you know, I thought the right team won. You can find him at NBC Sports Edge. You can find him on the Deep Dive podcast.
2: You can find him on the Twitter machine at whale underscore capper. He is Drew Densick. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it.
1: Hey, best of luck tonight, guys. Good luck.
2: Oh, I should have told Drew that I won my hockey bet last night. I should have told him. He's a big hockey guy. No, he's not.
1: He's not a big hockey guy.
2: Either. I'm sure he's got a hockey
1: guy,
0: though.
2: He's probably got a hockey guy. His monobob guy let him down. So hopefully his Super men's league. freestyle skiing slope style guy didn't, didn't let him down
3: tonight. I wonder what his men's hockey guy said about USA Slovakia tonight. I wonder if we're on the same thing with the over. I don't know. I'm
2: going Burke rude. I'm going against him. I'm going Burke rude tonight in the slope style. Whatever. We'll be able to figure it out when it's all said and done. Primetime action here on Visa.
0: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool.